In recent times, intermittent fasting has gained major traction as an avenue to lose weight, optimize hormonal balance, make significant positive body composition change, feel better, and optimize athletic performance. Intermittent fasting has been embraced not just by weight loss candidates, but also by well-known elite athletes like CrossFit Games champion Rich Froning and UFC welterweight champion George St. Pierre, who give it credit for taking their performance to the next level. Today on the podcast, we're going to talk to nutrition coach Kelsey and Coach G and have a conversation about intermittent fasting, what it is, why it might be beneficial, and some tips and strategies for introducing it into your healthy eating game plan. Stick around. Welcome to the CrossFit Edwardsville Community Podcast, where we hear and learn from our coaches, CrossFitters, and Glen Ed community leaders. Now, here are your hosts, Dallas and Greg. What is up, my friends? Welcome to the CrossFit Edwardsville Community Podcast, where we get to meet and learn from our CFE coaches, as well as learn more about some of our local CrossFitters themselves. And then we also get the opportunity to meet and learn from some of our locally owned Glen Ed businesses, and frankly, some of the characters behind them. Uh, I'm your co-host, Dallas Amston. I am the Chief Ignition Officer of Men of Faith and Fire, host of the podcast of the same name, and I help Christian dads kind of defeat their overwhelm and their burnout. And today, I get to be having a conversation about intermittent fasting with Coach Greg Skelly and Coach Kelsey Albers, both of the uh, coaching team here at CrossFit Edwardsville. Coach G, how are you today, man? Man, I'm good. I'm good. Glad yeah. to be hanging out with you guys today. Glad to be indoors when it's raining outside, but glad it's getting warmer too. I'm That's having right. a good day so far. Good How about you guys? Good. good to hear. Good. I'm doing well. How about you, Coach Kelsey? Awesome. Same thing. Glad it's getting warmer and I'm okay. I'm inside working on a rainy day because I'd be mad <laughs> if it was nice. Well, uh, Kelsey, also, we're really excited because you just got a new podcast microphone. So you're taking this thing seriously right now. That's Everybody legit. give her props. It's very <laughs> intimidating. You're doing great with it. Kelsey is leveling up. This is about to get real. <laughs> That's right. So today we get the opportunity, <clears throat> excuse me, we get the opportunity to talk about intermittent fasting and uh, or IF, we might we might call it that as we uh, as we go, but it's gained a lot of traction as an avenue for people to lose weight, uh, optimize hormonal balances, make significant body composition changes, as well as you know feel better, optimize their athletic performance. Uh, intermittent fasting has really been embraced, not just by weight loss candidates, but also by well-known elite athletes, such as you know CrossFit Games champion, Rich Froning, UFC welterweight champion, George St. Pierre. Uh, they give it credit for taking their performance to the next level. And truth be told, it's being touted by many in the medical community. Do, uh, Dr. Jason Fung is one of them. And then thought leaders in the holistic health community, um, nutrition guru Mark Sasson, uh, he says it's a way of achieving lasting breakthrough in a battle against obesity, as well as a fight to gain metabolic flexibility, which we might uh, dig into that a little bit. But um, even some of our own CFE community, community themselves really have become uh, committed intermittent fasters. Uh, Coach Jake Seabock, he's one of them. Coach Mark Donovan, uh, Coach Caroline Skelly, uh, as well as some of our long-term CrossFitters, Josh Dickerson, and and a podcast guy named Dallas Amston. Uh, and even you, Coach Kelsey, um, you wouldn't say you're a committed intermittent faster. How would you define it for you? Uh, I would say 
So I do intermittent fast, but I am selective about what days I do it. And we can talk more about how I make the choices day by day on what my eating window will look like. Sure. Absolutely. So uh, let's, uh, that's what we're going to talk about today is some of those topics around intermittent fasting. And we're going to have a conversation about it, what it is, why it might be beneficial uh, for you and some tips and strategies for introducing it into your healthy eating game plan. So let's start at the very foundation. The uh, The starting place is a very good place to start, right? Or no, what's the old line? The, uh, the beginning, it's a very good place to start. What is intermittent fasting? And uh, G, I'm going to throw this at you first, and then we'll toss it at Kelsey. Sure. So intermittent fasting is an eating pattern that cycles between intentional periods of fasting and eating. And it doesn't necessarily specify like what foods to eat, but rather like when to be eating them. And it's in some circles, it's also known as time restricted feeding or TRF, maybe like alternate day fasting, ADF or periodic fasting as well. Awesome. Uh, Coach Kelsey, anything to add to that? I, yeah, I think that's pretty basic. I would say though, for our podcast, I think that we should probably, when we are talking about intermittent fasting, um, especially because we're talking to CrossFitters, we should probably specify that we're talking about a restricted eating window in a single day and less about doing one or two or three day fasts regularly, right? I mean, we can pull in some of that, but intermittent fasting, as G pointed out, could either mean that you only eat in an eight hour window or you eat one day on and one day off. And that's two big and uh, different variations. Yeah, so uh, so you actually kind of leaned into part of my next question there, which really let's clarify what it isn't necessarily. what does it not imply? So uh, any anything further to add to that, G, on what she was just saying there? Yeah, and we want to be really clear as we start this conversation, that intermittent fasting is not the same thing as saying we're going to eat less, that we're going to consume less food. It just means that we're eating less frequently. So maybe instead yeah. of your traditional three meals a day plan, maybe you have two meals a day, maybe you have one meal a day, or as Kelsey alluded to earlier, you simply confine your consumption to a specific eating window instead of having all day be the eating window. Yeah. And it's also really important to clarify that it is not a license to eat anything and everything (laughs) during that window because the, the, what, what, what we eat still matters a lot. It always matters. So to, to clarify, Intermittent fasting is not like a true diet in the conventional sense, but it's more like accurately described as an eating pattern, but it might be a valuable one for the right person. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. Well, I know, I know too, that, um, you know, a lot of uh, anthropologists lean lean into it as, as a, uh, a way that we used to eat. Uh, We weren't humans forever weren't three to six square meals a day. Uh, We weren't necessarily grazing, although I know that became a popular popular pattern in, in quote, dieting to graze all day to keep that metabolic furnace going. But a lot of anthropologists I know have argued that it is, um, you know, you would hunt the buffalo and then you would eat the buffalo and you might have to wait three or four days before you hunt another buffalo and you'd kind of feed on what was left. So um, what do you guys, uh, you know, throwing a curveball here question at you, but what do you think of those two different styles and what might be the benefits between that grazing versus like, uh, eating once and then and then going and then going off of the anthropological right. point of view. 
Kelsey, so you want to go first? You want me to take you, it? No, I can. I have a thought on this. So I do think that we're going to talk about a lot of the nuances of intermittent fasting and who it might be appropriate for. But I think that most Americans could use to restrict their eating window, right? Like a lot of us wake up and eat the minute we wake up and we're snacking well into 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. Um, yeah. And um, we'll talk about why that isn't a great idea. But I think that restricting that is a great idea. Um, However, somebody who's more grazing or eating six meals a day, I found that that is really helpful whenever we're talking about healing um, like hormonal dysfunction or HBA access, which is also known as adrenal fatigue. So um, some of these strategies can be really important. Or as we move through, for women particularly, as we move through our menstrual cycle and our hormone shift, um, it can be beneficial to adjust those eating schedules based on what's going on. Sure. Yeah, um, that's a really good point. G, you got anything to add to that? Well, I would say that intermittent fasting probably does better replicate. If, if, if you're interested in what like our Paleolithic ancestors actually did, like the, the practical lifestyle of people that didn't- really I'm always with... interested in what our Paleolithic <laughs> ancestors did. Well, they, they didn't struggle with a lot of the metabolic dysfunction that yeah. we do, right? So you think like, in, in theory, there's probably something to how they ate their eating pattern that maybe we can learn from since our country, the world now struggles with metabolic dysfunction at a, it's, it's, it's always, always getting worse. Yeah. So th there might be something to the pattern of like, well, maybe we can learn something from people that had periods of feasting and fasting by, by necessity, you know, mm -hmm. they would, they would hunt, they would acquire food, they'd have food, eat a big meal. And then it might be a while before they could eat again. So there might, there really might be something to this. But I would say that it definitely does mirror our ancestry much more than the post-agricultural revolution world pattern of eating does, for sure. Sure. For so sure. let's talk Let me, about... Oh, can I, ahead, can yeah. I add one question, one thing in there? Yeah. So yes, um, I agree with everything G said about how, how it mimics it, but I also when we're talking about, um, I, I just think with intermittent fasting, we always need to put like this asterisk or this caveat into like, yes, this is how our ancestors ate. But when we're talking to the CrossFit Edwardsville community, our ancestors weren't doing CrossFit three times a day, if that's what you do, right? So um, so yes, they could eat a buffalo and survive three days because they were doing a different type of movement and more intense in some ways and less intense than others. So as we go into this conversation, let's be really intentional about um, we still need to fuel the yeah. exercise that we want to do and probably doing multiple or, you know, three day fasts on top of each other because it mimics ancestors might not be the way to go. So what I'm, what I hear Kelsey saying right now is if you go back and look at cave paintings, you will see kettlebell swings, right. although they probably weren't Russian. Right. right. You will see a couple of those things. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, let's, uh, so gee, you brought up something here a minute ago. You, 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 you just dropped it in there and I'm like, oh God, and he dropped it in. Now we got to sit on it for a minute. Let's yeah. talk about some of those uh, metabolic things, the metabolic syndrome, yeah. um, you know, hyperinsulin, you're going to say it, hyperinsulinemia, sure. Yeah, hyperinsulinemia. Um, yep. So let's talk about some of that metabolic stuff a little bit and, and how this could uh, potentially be a good solution for someone to try. Well, we're getting into the science behind this. So if you're talking to intermittent faster, the argument goes this way. And I think what's really kind of fascinating about intermittent fasting is that it is legitimately, there's very good scientific backing 
for this, for time-restricted feeding, for different patterns of, of fasting. There's, there's very good data behind this, which is encouraging. And we have scientific evidence that can actually give us some clues as to how, like, how all this plays out. But a lot of the, the, the core of the argument is that if you're eating all the time, like every few hours, you stay in this perpetually elevated insulin state. Yep. And you never really tap into your, your body fat stores in that you're constantly dependent on repeated carb replenishment. So you get up with this perpetually elevated insulin level that's known as hyperinsulinemia. And insulin, for folks that are still kind of like, if you've never heard it outside the context of type 2 diabetes, what it actually does is it, it lowers blood sugar and it calls on cells to store food for short-term use in muscles or long-term use as adipose fat, adipose tissue in fat. So with perpetually elevated insulin levels, you store more fat and fat itself being a metabolically and hormonally active tissue in the body, it actually sabotages your efforts to destroy it. It increases in body fat, make it harder to lose weight in the first place because yeah. fat is not an inert tissue it fights to preserve itself. It's hormonally and metabolically active. So now by contrast, in your fasted state, insulin levels are lower. HGH, we can talk about this in a minute, like human growth hormone levels are higher, sometimes 500% higher. And then stored body fat is in theory more accessible and would in theory be more readily used by the body. So in essence, it's, it's using, uh, it's saying, hey, this is the fuel source we're going to use now because your insulin levels are so low, so it's pulling from the stored fat. Is that Would that be a layman's term for it, G? Yeah, that's a good 30,000 square foot view of it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kelsey, anything to add to that? Uh, the other thing that I wanted to chat about with benefits, whenever you start talking about fasting, you I hear a lot, um, two phrases or two words, and they're mTOR and autophagy. Um, and those are two of the like huge benefits. So I just want to explain those, what yeah. those are, if that's okay. Um, so what mTOR is, is mTOR is basically a pathway of how we synthesize protein um, in and out of our body. Um, and that just basically means, are we in growth mode? Are we in repair mode? Um, and what we want to point out too with mTOR is that you would think, okay, we want to be in growth mode. So the higher we have or higher mTOR pathways are the better. Yeah. That's not necessarily true. Those higher mTOR pathways means that we're stimulating growth like cancer, right? And what fuels those higher mTOR levels are um, higher glucose levels. Okay. Con or conversely, if we lower our mTOR or inhibit our mTOR, which is one of the benefits of fasting, um, we actually increase our repair and maintenance of our muscles, which is the word for that. The repair and maintenance is autophagy, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and again, uh, low insulin, sorry, I didn't say and low insulin is what stimulates the um, lower mTOR or autophagy pathways. So if anybody's ever heard those two words, that's sort of what we're talking about and where a lot of the benefits of fasting, we talk around increasing our longevity, um, yeah. increasing our, our um, lifespan and not just to be like a, in vegetable state, but to be active and good quality, adding good quality years on our, our life. And that's one benefit of intermittent yeah. fasting. Well, um, and for those of you who don't notice, uh, we, we don't have Bill Nye, the science guy on this, but I'm thoroughly <laughs> enjoying this conversation between the mTORs, the autophagy, all the stuff that G was just talking about. 
Um, one of the things too that starts to happen, uh, at least in in my fasting experience, is I quit having any kind of dips in energy up and down. I kind of start to get a cool energy that just sustains itself. Where, um, yes, if you're not hydrating properly, you're dealing with the hunger pangs, and we'll talk about some of the techniques here in just a little bit. But but it's that up and down energy uh, after a meal or something like that that sometimes can be problematic for people too. Mm -hmm. Right. So I had a um, chance to also, I, I, I messaged Coach Jake for this conversation to have him, hey, send me some of the benefits that you get. It's like Coach yeah. Jake is a absolutely committed intermittent faster. Yeah. He sent me like two paragraphs of just like all the things. So yeah, I, I added it to my list of like the, the benefits to this. I, I think it's really cool. So I, I'll, I'll share some of the, the things that I found, you know, learning about this and then over the years which by the way i first learned about intermittent fasting from aaron specht about 10 years ago okay he was the one that first told me about it i'd never heard those words in my entire life until he told me about it and at the time he was down 75 pounds and he was like a whole new man like his yeah. his life was transformed so it kind of woke me up to it and i started paying more attention so yeah like I've, I've looked at it like, you know, intermittent fasting, there's benefits on hormone levels, fat levels, healing levels, and to do, do a little bit more of a deep dive on that, like insulin. So you, your fasters often see lower average insulin levels and greatly improved insulin sensitivity. Uh, as I mentioned before, human growth hormone levels in the blood can increase up to 500%, which is valuable for a lot of reasons, one of which, and most salient to this audience probably is makes fat loss easier and muscle gain easier, potentially. Uh, fasters claim it's often easier to break through fat cutting and weight loss plateaus because of the hormonal benefits. Mm -hmm. There are healing benefits, cellular and gene level both. When you're fasted, your body redirects resources away from digestion and toward healing processes, mm -hmm. which includes cellular repair, which includes that magic word, autophagy, again, <laughs> where you have like you have cells digesting or removing old dysfunctional protein accumulations, right? Yep. And there's there's good data. I love this part that people who have a fasting pattern of eating often see the genes that are related to longevity or um, immunity, yeah, resistance to disease, those get better as well. And then you get to Jake's long list of benefits, metabolic flexibility, which if I, if I, have I talked for too long? I feel like I've been going on. Like, no, 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 like, go, man. I, go. Went, I went off on a spree. So he's like, you know, it, it's cool because like this works with primal, keto paleo carnivore diets or a lot of different patterns right so right, right if you have one of those that you're particularly engaged to like you can still keep that it, it mark sisson champions it as a way of improving metabolic flexibility mm -hmm. which for the purpose of our conversation here just means that the body becomes adept at metabolizing not just carbohydrate for energy yeah. but also body fat and other sources, your proteins, your fats, like you become adapt, adaptable to using different fuel sources, which means you have more options on the table for energy and you're not as dependent on carbs anymore. It helps us break our dependence on all the processed carbs. Sure. Uh, fasters don't have to think about food as often. Freeze up, think that's, about other things. Something that I Dallas and yeah, I talked about. That's before. the point you and I talked about because, and and Kelsey, real fast to insert this, 
we've talked in the past on this about the abstainer versus the moderator. Mm -hmm. And as an abstainer, for me, sometimes like the fasting mentality is like, man, I don't have to think about it till this evening. Great. I can just work. Right. So yeah, go I ahead. Would, G. Oh, go ahead. I well, I would bet dollars to like keto donuts that most of the people that really lean into and embrace um, fasting are an abstainer. Um, so mm -hmm. just kind of something as you're like talking to people who are like, I love intermittent fasting, they probably do better because their personality leans more towards the yeah. clear guardrails. Yeah. I might, I might even throw a potential, like, I don't know the, the flip side of that coin. Mm -hmm. After, after reading Mark Sisson's book, um, he's a, you know, paleo primal guy who wrote the yeah. book on it. Based on what I hear from him, I swear he's a moderator. In fact, like that's exactly what I was thinking when oh, I read yeah. his text. I like, I, I understand the attraction of it because being an abstainer like Dallas, I love having the bright lines where like, I'm not even going to think about eating until X, Y, Z time of day. And then I'm going to enjoy the food that I have at that time. But Mark Sisson's approach is so moderator. I thought it would blow Kelsey's mind. Like I was reading this, like Kelsey's yeah. going to see moderator all over this thing. I, I need to look in, I need to read his and see if I can't peg him or if somebody out there knows Mark Sisson, I would love to know what he thinks he is. Well, it sure. sounds like G can text him. Yeah. Like, oh, I wish. I, wish. <laughs> I thought you said you read a text from him. Sorry, you were you were reading his text. Got it. His Never text. Mind. Yeah, his book. Yeah. Yeah. yeah anyway. I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Well, so uh, G, one of the things, um, you know, obviously you just mentioned things like the carb dependency, metabolic flexibility, um, and obviously there is a lot of research that backs a bunch of that. I, I know when I first was looking into into it as well. Um, I, I thought to myself, this makes good sense. You know, it makes good scientific sense. Uh, it, it looks like it's going to work. It worked for me. I mean, Kelsey, you don't know this, but um, I've dropped 40 pounds with intermittent fasting. And, um, and awesome. congratulations. Could, thank you. I couldn't do it. I could not do it counting uh, macros and carbs mm -hmm. and inserting all my food. Again, it was that abstainer side of me. It was just like, mm -hmm. no, I just need to not think about it. Mm -hmm. And when I eat, eat fairly clean. You know, I still get the ice cream every now and again when I'm refeeding. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> refeeding, it sounds awesome. <laughs> um, but I'm sure a lot of other people still have doubts and, and questions. So what would be, <clears throat> excuse me, what would be some of the most common concerns or fears that people would have associated with intermittent fasting. Kelsey, you want to take this one first? Sure. Uh, so one of the most common ones that I hear, so I'm going to speak specifically um, to, to the female population, right? So there is a lot of information out there about how um, intermittent fasting is bad for um, your chances of getting pregnant, um, is bad for hormonal health, is bad for um, pregnancy and breastfeeding and everything. And I will say this, like if, if you are pregnant um, or if you are trying to establish a milk supply, I don't think that intermittent fasting is a path that you should try, right? Like there's a lot of other things to do, but probably not for you right now. <clears throat> um, there is not a lot of research that intermittent fasting when done well is actually harmful to hormonal health. What we tend to see with women is that when they are doing intermittent fasting, uh, they don't eat enough. And G, you already mm. talked about this, but um, the fear is that we just eat less if we have less of a window, right? So we still need to be eating enough, but we don't need we don't need to under eat calories to intermittent fast well. Yeah. So that would be the big one that I would say um, 
again, I think all of this is in context, right? Because we can um, drive a stake through intermittent fasting because the way it's being advised to be done is not sufficient, right? We can work around a lot of these things. Sure. And I I would also say to that, uh, when you're in those eating windows, get your protein. Don't don't lean heavy into the carbs. Make sure you're getting your proteins. Oh, I'm getting the... Getting the yeah. root phrase from Kelsey. It's the, the emoji, right? The, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. The, yeah. yeah. The protein uh, and fat. And I have found that, G, you mentioned all of the different um, keto, paleo, carnivore, all of these things that work really well with intermittent fasting. So a um, smarter carb approach with lower protein and, and the correct, or I'm sorry, higher protein and the correct amount of fat are going to make intermittent fasting easier. Sure. Yep. Uh, G, what about you? Any other concerns or fears that you can think of that we should address? Hunger. People worried about being hungry, and yeah. they're not wrong, especially early on, because if you know if we are coming into this from a, a standard American diet, or coming into this where you know you're you are carb dependent, you haven't necessarily been eating intentionally, or you know in a in a pattern, uh, an intentional pattern, you, you're gonna have your body mutiny and kind of fight back against you initially. That's yeah. completely normal and natural. Like as the good news is, it does go away as your body adapts, as your body becomes more metabolically flexible, as it learns to draw on fat stores, as your body learns that oh, I'm not going to be eating exactly at 7 a.m., noon, and 6 p.m. every single day, which your body will be will will adapt to the environment that it's in. Yeah. If you're used to eating at noon every single day, you'll get hungry at noon until you're not used to eating at noon every single day. So hunger is a big one. Yeah. I've also heard uh, in the first few days, especially headaches are a very common side effect. This can be combated by improving water intake. A lot of folks don't drink enough water. If you are staying sufficiently hydrated, it can help that. And it does tend to pass after the first few days. Some other supplementation can help as well. Yeah. And it uh, uh, being hangry is actually a thing. That is a real yeah. thing. So if yes. you have... <laughs> if you have somebody in your household who may be embarking on the intermittent fasting journey, you might just, you know, be expecting some irritability early on. Again, that goes away as your body adapts, but irritability and fatigue initially are, those are some real struggles early on. And right. Dallas, maybe you could speak to that a little bit, your own experience, whether sure. you fought, you know, irritability, fatigue, headaches, any of that stuff yourself. Sure. So when I when I kind of first started embarking on it, um, uh, for me, definitely the keto flu happened. Definitely happened in those first couple of days. And um, when that did, uh, that was for sure part of it. I am gonna I am gonna show a little secret here, not just the hydration um, of water, but I usually drink about a gallon a day right now. But electrolyte replenishment, and the yeah. one I use is called Ultima, and um, it's a zero sugar, zero carbs. So you remain in a fasted state, but keeping your electrolyte levels up helps with the hunger pangs as well. Mm-hmm. And it helps with just that sense of satiate, uh, sat- satiety. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing too is as weird as it sounds, cold water helps drinking colder water for some reason. I don't know why mentally that really helps me, but extra hydration. Yeah. You're going to pee a lot. Um, but, uh, but keeping those electrolyte levels up too helps with the hangry side of it as well. I would, I would add to that Dallas. I think the, you guys both mentioned the electrolytes. I think the electrolyte supplementation isn't just an option, but I think it is 
borderline necessary, right? Mm-hmm. I don't want to say for every single person because I don't know how, how your diets are, but um, it, it, yeah, if you're going to try an intermittent fasting protocol, because our body, especially if you're dropping carbs, our body is flushing. It's not necessarily that we're eating less electrolytes. It's that the body, the uh, kidneys are flushing electrolytes. So not only do you have that period where you're not eating them, but you have a period where your body is actively removing them. So um, that should help with fatigue, headaches, lightheadedness, even hunger pains. Um, So yeah, I, I, so I'll have to check out that brand Dallas. If anybody else is looking for another brand element is the one I used. It's um, LMNT. Um, It's uh, their, their flavors are amazing and all approved for uh, fasting. So, and then one other note on the hunger that G mentioned, one of my biggest takeaways from Dr. Fung's book was he said multiple times, like hunger will pass. And Mm. I realized when I was reading that book that um, everybody is so afraid of being hungry. Like, is there anything (laughs) worse than being like, but I'm going to be hungry. Uh, Those hung, that hunger will pass, especially if your eating window is like, it, or your fasting window is 16 hours, like you will survive, you will get yeah. there. Just yeah. it'll pass. Well, and you'll be surprised, actually, um, I have found this, you'll be surprised if you're focused on other things, your productivity goes up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That... As, as weird as it sounds, you don't have, again, you don't have those energy lulls. So if you're busy, and remain busy, your productivity actually goes up because you're not thinking about food as often or stopping to take those breaks either. And that's a weird thing, but distraction is an incredible tool. So, um, so we, we kind of talked about obviously um, right here, the first one was hydration and keeping, keeping those electrolyte levels up. Um, That that's a great thing to think for someone who is going, all right, I'm interested in trying this out. So what are some of the best practices for starting an intermittent fasting protocol? So obviously hydration, but what might be some of the other best practices that you all can think of? Gee, let's toss this at you first. Right off the bat, eat real nutrient-dense foods. There's no getting around this. And fasting is not your cheat sheet to get away from that. Like we're talking like <laughs> meats, vegetables, fruits, nuts and seeds, like, you know, butters, like, like real legit foods, foods that you find on the periphery of the grocery store still a great idea so that you're actually getting the nourishment that you need. Even if you're eating less often, you want to be sure that you're actually getting the sustenance that you need to replenish your body's needs, keep your energy levels up, keep your mental focus and, you know, actually empower you to do cool stuff. Cause sure. none of us want to be skinny and too exhausted to do anything. Right. That's not, it's not any better. It's not what's any the, better to be skinny and exhausted. What's that old saying? Uh, uh, skinny skinny looks better than chocolate tastes or something like that I forget what, I forget what that old saying is. yeah exactly so I, I would start by like really emphasizing real nutrient dense foods and then unless you are a true abstainer i say consider easing into intermittent fasting it doesn't have to be every single day when you start it doesn't have to be a strict 16 8 when you start in fact, you know, the uh, many people that do intermittent fasting, they have breakfast, they have dinner, and they don't do the lunch in between. And that is how they intermittent fast. They have their two meals, and then it lets them get the nourishment that they need, but they can have you know, a 12-hour fasting window right there in the middle. And as long as you're hitting at least a 12-hour fasting window, that should be sufficient to at least start deriving a lot of the benefits that we talked about earlier. What about you, Coach Kelsey? What do you what do you think? There's some ease into it sort of steps. 
Right. Um, so my, so kind of on the easing into it and timing is I would recommend people really give some consideration behind when, okay, so let's say we're doing a 10 hour eating window. When do I do that 10 hour eating window? And you will find um, people who have put their stake in the ground on both ends of the day, both ends of the day, right? Like um, skip breakfast so you can stay in fat burning longer or stop or don't eat dinner so you can um, burn fat, like turn off that digestion for sleep, right? And my response to that is the best eating window is whatever works best for your schedule, whatever you can maintain, right? So I talk to a lot of people um, where dinner time is family time and they want to sit down yeah. and they want to have yep. a meal, right? So maybe your fasting window starts later in the morning and goes through dinner time. Maybe you work a night shift. So that means your fasting or your, I'm sorry, your right. eating window starts at 6 a.m. and goes to 2 p.m. or, or whatever it is. Um, there is a lot of, like every nutrition um, protocol, there's a lot of dogma about fasting and people yeah. will find a hill to die on with it. Um, there is a lot of good you can do. I will do. die on this hill. I will <laughs> die on the electrolyte hill. Hey, me, I will too. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. That's one hill I'll die on. <laughs> but when it comes to fasting timing, um, the, or sorry, that eating window timing, it is whatever you can maintain and keep sane with. So. Yeah. Be intentional, sit down, think about your schedule and pick a window that works for you, not that works for the next person. And I would also say with that is consider what time of day you work out, right? So if you're a 5 a.m. workouter and you're not going to break your fast until 12 noon, um, that could cause some problems because then we're missing that post-workout anabolic window where we can really refeed that muscle. So maybe you're fasting. And this is when I talked about when I was strategic with my fasting. Um, the only time of day I can work out is 5.30 a.m. So after I have a hard workout, I can't go, like I can't get to that next one without being completely smashed. So um, I have a longer eating window on workout days and shorter eating window on rest days. And sure. that is okay. Like that you will see, still see great results from a strategy like that. Yeah. The other, What the you're other... speaking to also, uh, Coach Jake, is very specific on this as well like he starts his feasting window somewhere between roughly like noon and five and he's done eating by seven or eight but he says like he's always going to have a meal after his workout mm -hmm. sure to to start that refueling replenishment healing process kelsey's re referencing so yeah and one other thing too i would just say if you're if you're looking at how to get started is um yes abstainer here, jump right in two feet deep in, I'll learn to swim at the bottom of the pool. But, um, but the other thing I would say too, is start cutting down your carbs and your your bad carbs and your sugars and your sodas and things before you get into a fasting protocol. Because mm -hmm. if you don't, the sugar crash is going to be worse. For sure. Yeah. So, you know, start to bring those down a little bit the week before and bring your hydration up the week before that you would start this, but that way you're the uh, quote keto flu or whatever it is, you know, the term is for IF that you don't hit that and crash against that wall as hard either. Right. Yeah. We, I, I've seen that happen a lot of times with the people here at CFE who, you know, do a nutrition program is if like the weekends before they start they is, is Mardi Gras. Yeah. Then Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday hits them like a Mack truck and it's, yeah. it's, it's savage. It's just savage. Yeah. So, it, so like it, gradually eliminating your processed, everything, your processed foods, your refined crap, the sugars, the bread, cereals, rices, pastas, grapes, like whatever it is that for you, whatever um, processed stuff is in the mix for you, 
getting away from those as fast as possible so that you have real nourishment so you can actually get the nutrients that you need out of this. Sure. And whether it's intermittent fasting or any other, any other nutrition plan, the elimination of mindless eating where like you're just watching a television program and just eating because you're bored that has to stop right away. That's, that's going to murder gains real quick too. I have found, um, in, in the evenings for me, like when my wife and I actually get the chance to sit down and the kids have gone to sleep and we're going to watch a, a show. Um, I usually drink a yogi bedtime tea or a nighttime tea, something that's soothing and relaxing, has a little bit of flavor, has a little bit of heat to it, but that becomes a to-do rather than having the bag of chips or the bag of cookies nearby, something like that. So um, having having decent flavored liquids around as well is a good way to give your hands something to do while you're uh, in that downtime. Kelsey, you're going to add something it sounds like. Um, I had one other thought that I wanted to just touch on while we talk about um, the science and that feeding window. One of the other, um, I don't know if this would go into best practices or go someplace else, but um, one of the things I wanted to mention on the science, especially when we talk about like insulin sensitivity or um, blocking mTOR or in reducing autophagy is these aren't processes in our bodies that are necessarily on off switches. They're more like sliding scales. Hmm. So you see a lot of folks in the fasting community be like, oh my gosh, you put cream in your coffee, you're kicked out of the fasting club. Or, oh my gosh, your electrolytes have three net carbs, get out. Like you're not in the fasting club either. Um, yeah. And the thought is, is that some of these foods totally turn off of, off these beneficial um, systems in our body when in reality, again, these are sliding scales. So if you yeah. need some electrolytes to get or you need some flavored electrolytes because you can't just drink extra salty water um and there's a couple of net carbs in them it's fine right yeah. you're still getting a benefit if you need a little bit of cream in that coffee it's fine right where we come you know the problem is is when we're eating donuts for breakfast or we're eating full big meals um multiple times throughout the day so some of these little things if there are these little things that you need you need to move throughout the day yeah. um it's okay you're still going to get the benefit I had a uh, I had a fellow faster tell me one time I had broken fast because I was chewing sugar free gum. They're like, no, mm -hmm. you're right. out. You're on the out. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm really yeah, not. Like, not gonna not gonna right. turn off my fasting. Diet. I'm gonna change the secret password. <laughs> That's right. And I will actually, um, without giving too much details, I do want to warn anybody who would do this. Uh, there is something that I experienced, and I know a couple of other people have experienced. In that first week, there was a lot of loose bowel movements. Yeah. As you transitioned over and as I was um, going into the intermittent fasting protocols, it was like my body was holding on to food, thinking it was going to need it. And so then when I would have that feasting time, my body was like, hey, we're going to eliminate everything we thought we needed stored up. So that was, I, I'm not trying to be overly gross about it, but um, be aware that if you decide to put a, an IF protocol in place that... Uh, it might also cause a little bit of that in that first like weekish or so. Mm -hmm. um, for either of you, uh, any other any other thoughts on this topic? I mean, we're we're pretty much wrapping this one up. But any other thoughts on this topic? Obviously, everybody, I want you to know um, if you if you catch us on our Facebook or on YouTube, and there's other things you want to know about this subject, I would love to hear it from you. But Coach G, Coach Kelsey, anything else that you can think of on this topic before we take the next steps of how they want to get help with it? G, do you have any thoughts? Don't rush into it. Don't rush into it and just try to grind it out feeling like hell. You know, 
ease your way in, give yourself a lot of grace. Don't ask for per perfection out of yourself right off the bat. Like if you're getting like a stress response, if you're getting jitters, if you're getting brain fog, maybe pump the brakes a little bit and take some of the foot off the gas pedal. And I would also caution everybody here that it would be an unwise choice to try and start an intermittent fasting protocol at the same time that you are aggressively ramping up exercise. So if right. you are not fitnessing at all, uh, I would not go super hard at the paint simultaneously. And it's not like these things can't coexist, right? right? right. If George St. Pierre and Rich Froding are intermittent fasting, clearly you can do aggressive, high volume, rigorous physical activity while being intermittent faster. But you probably don't want to start both of those trains down the tracks at the same time. Right. No, those trains actually go toward each other if you do that. Yeah. 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 So I, I just, well, I just read an interesting article in Men's Health from Richard, uh, Rich Ronin, who talked specifically about his intermittent fasting protocol. And something important to remember about that is that he eats his biggest meal of the day in between his training sessions. So he is refeeding he is fueling he is being very intentional and smart about it so um so it can be done but you're right g it has to be done um intelligently so yeah. um and then i would the what i wanted to add um sort of this um just one last thought on it is i shared earlier about how um for women and their cycles this can be difficult in some ways because our so men you guys get basically the same hormones all month and you can kind of moderate with it women's cycles everything shifts around right um and i have found that in the first few days of my luteal phase which is right after ovulation when progesterone spikes um i cannot intermittent fast because i have mm. terrible mood disorder like like biting back like rage and it's very very disconcerting and i'm looking into some other things about why that might be happening but i have sure. found that if i'm fasting um i i get there quicker so on those few days i eat four meals usually and space them out so i um never have to risk that insulin um either crashing or jumping or anything i just work to maintain it throughout the day so yeah. Um, kind of what you mentioned, G, like trying to force it and being miserable. If you notice something that's not working, you don't have to stay there. Reach out to someone, ask, do some research or back off, find a different window and and find a different way to make it work. Like you mentioned, G, a 12 hour window of eating and fasting is really beneficial. Yeah. Yep. yeah I think I think in general, you just got to tweak the game for you, just as you were saying there, Coach Kelsey. So um, one last question here for both of you, and, and I'll, I'll even answer this one too, but uh, for CrossFitters who want any more help or many, any more info on the intermittent fasting game, what's the best way for them to get it? Coach G. If, if you're into reading or audiobooks, Audible, the seminal text on this is definitely Dr. Jason Fogg, who's the obesity coach. Like he is like the guy when it comes to this. I'm a big fan of Mark Sisson, so his book, Two Meals a Day, was also super valuable for me. There's lots of podcasts, people that are intermittent fasters. And so if you want to get into the intermittent fasting club, as Kelsey yeah. talked about, you might we'll give you the secret password. Yeah, the secret, yeah. But only once you're in. No cream. No cream in the coffee. <laughs> Is that the phrase? I don't know. <laughs> Just walk up to someone in the gym and go, no cream in the coffee. Uh, <laughs> walk in. Is that... <laughs> but then, uh, I mean, also like, you know, Kelsey and I have committed our lives to helping people find how to make healthy eating fit into their lives. So 
you know, a little plug for Kelsey, Ignite, Nourish, Thrive, if, uh, if you'd like to have her help, especially as a female, because, you know, she can really speak to how all of this works in the context of being a female, you know, and all of the things that go with that. Yep. She could be really helpful for that as well. Here at CFE, we have a coaching team that helps out with healthy eating stuff also. So you can reach out to us, crossfitedger.com. Yep. And uh, I would just add to that too. I mean, if you're here in the CFE community and you just want to flat out ask me about my experience, I will gladly tell you about it. Uh, again, it's been very beneficial for me. So I'm happy to uh, answer any questions. But when it comes to practical, I'm going to point to those two people. And I'm going to say you should reach out to one of them for uh, for all of that stuff. But yeah, I think that is it, my friends. I think uh, I think we're good for today. Again, you can get all of this at crossfitedwardsville.com. You can find more information. You can download our eBooks. Um, again, those other books, The Obesity Code by Dr. Jason Fung and Two Meals a Day by Mark Sisson. Uh, those are both great uh, resources as well. So uh, Coach Kelsey, thank you so much for coming on today. Any final thoughts before we let you go? Nope. Just thanks for having me on. I appreciate you guys. Of course. And Coach G, any final thoughts for you? No, I'm just looking forward to uh, to seeing the relaunch of Kelsey's podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> when's that, that happening? Yeah, I don't know that? yet. I'm not sure yet. We don't have a date. Uh, my uh, VA is finalizing some procedures for us um, to be able to get everything so we can load smoothly. But I am really excited, um, and I can share with you guys, it's uh, the Barbells and Bone Broth podcast. And the it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to run seasons where we talk about a specific topic yeah. for four or five or seven or 20, I don't know, episodes. Um, so I'm really excited to be able to do deeper dives in a lot of um, subjects. Awesome. Cool. Very cool. Look forward to it. Well, uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, you can reach us at CrossFitEdwardsville.com or uh, online Facebook at CrossFitEdwardsville or Instagram at CrossFitEdwardsville. I think that is it for now. Coach Kelsey, Coach G, thank you so much. Everybody, thank you for taking the time with us today. Go out there. Have a championship day. <laughs>